Welcome to Rising Tide Startups, where we chat with startup founders just like you from all over the globe. Each episode, we bring you practical and actionable tips to help you escape the cubicle and begin your own startup journey. Make sure you take notes. Take it away, Kevin. Here's a quick word from our sponsor, Podbrand Media. As a business owner, new sales leads are essential. At Podbrand Media, we create a branded podcast for you to generate those leads by interviewing your best potential clients as subject matter experts. Not only creating great rapport, but also great content to share in your industry. Affordable and effective. Contact us today at podbrandmedia.com to learn more. Right back from the ad spot, this is Kevin Pruitt with Rising Tide Startups. And my guest today is Michelle Colson. Michelle, thanks for joining us on Rising Tide. Hi, nice to meet you. I uh, I actually stalked Michelle on LinkedIn so I could get her on to come on the show, but I, I just loved the, the stuff she was posting and the stories she was sharing on there and just really the space that she's in. But I would rather, much rather her tell you that than me. So Michelle, if you and I met at a networking event, how would you introduce yourself to me? Good question. Um, firstly, thank you for stalking. It's my it's my job to do that as a as a recruiter. That's what we tend to do. Um, yeah, I, if I had to <laughs> yeah, exactly. If I had to describe it in a few words, uh, my background is in recruitment. I spent about nine years as a recruiter, and uh, there's a longer version of it. But basically, I came to the realization that instead of helping companies hire, I wanted to help people find a job, specifically remote jobs. So now using my recruitment expertise and years of working remotely, I take people for a program in which it, to help them get a fully remote job. Um, and not just any remote job, one that's actually fulfilling and pays well. It's not just a crappy job. <laughs> Excuse the language. <laughs> no worries. No worries at all. So I think you told me off offline that you're actually kind of from the northern part of England, right? Yes, from Manchester. Or near enough. I'm from a, a town called Bolton, which not everyone knows. Yeah, actually, I, I, I'm, an, I'm a Premiership fan, so I know Bolton had a, had a good team <laughs> as well when we were there. But Back in the day. <laughs> back in the day, that's right. So it, it, it's so good to have you on the show. And can you tell us a little bit about the, the business that you've started? Yeah, so the name of the business is Remote Rebellion. Um, I came up with that name because I genuinely was getting angry at the time. So it was back in 2021 when we'd been working remotely. Most of the world had been working remotely yeah. for the past year and a half. And I could see this trend of companies actually forcing people back into the office. They're like, okay, you've just had your whole life change over the last 18 months. Now we're back to normal. And it's like, what? Like people had moved to the coast or they'd they'd you know moved in with their families because they lost their jobs or whatever, whatever reason. People like the world had changed people's lives had changed and then suddenly these companies like right right back to five days in the office or back to do this and and I, and I was getting angry and angry at this happening especially when people had got a job and it was fully remote and then mm -hmm. things were changed suddenly um so remote rebellion is set up to help people not just um to get them a job but to actually give them the tools in which to get that so that's anything from learning where to find remote jobs seeing how to improve their LinkedIn profile so that recruiters reach out to them, yeah. sprucing up their CV, which a lot of people think that's the only thing they need to do, but that's just one part of it. Um, learning how to network effectively so that you can get your network working for you and how to interview like really impressively and what recruiters want to see to get ahead of the competition because it is a really competitive market. Right. I, I mean, I can certainly see your your experience coming into play, you know, for being a lead people through that process because you just say, hey, when I was a recruiter, this is what I was looking for. You know, this yeah. is exactly what, you know, would, would catch my eye and move you from the stack of 100 CVs to, to 10. 
you know, and for our, yeah. for our American audience, a CV is actually a resume. So, <laughs> um, there's, yeah. we, we're cross-cultural here, but so yeah, exactly. A bit, a bit. So you made the decision to start the company, but were you actually working remotely like in the UK or had you, had you moved abroad at that time? Um, good question. So I, What's first of all in a in a recruitment agency and then moved into in-house in a digital agency doing the recruitment purely for that company. Mm-hmm. And I soon realized about six, eight months into the into the position that I was recruiting mostly software engineers. Mm-hmm. And about 60% of the people I was speaking to back in 2016, 2017 were asking whether there was any remote working. And mm-hmm. I was speaking to my managers and saying, hey, we need to offer remote working. This is what people are asking for. And they said, no, no, we can't do that. You know, company culture, blah, 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 whatever yeah. reason they wanted to give. Um, and we weren't paying particularly well. And then Brexit happened. So we suddenly mm-hmm. didn't have the pool of talent from the rest of the EU anymore. Yeah. So we, I said, we're going to have to make a change. Otherwise, we're not going to be able to hire these people and work on these projects. So after a lot of nagging, after a lot of pushing, a lot of um, yeah, campaigning, I managed the, the best I got was up to four days a week remote so we had to go in on Fridays mm-hmm. and back in 2017 I think that was a pretty good uh, yeah, place not a bad deal not um, bad, yeah it was not bad um, but I, I got a taste of this and I loved it. I actually bought a motorhome, an RV and and traveled around in there. But I, I, I didn't like the restriction of having to go back that one day a week. And, yeah. and I still found it was hard to hire people because people wanted that full flexibility, mm-hmm. not just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously 2020 happened and life changed and everyone got a taste of working remotely. And I was super miserable super unhappy um in London having that time like a lot of people where they actually sit and reflect and be like I looked out at some building site and some train track in central London I'm like I'm really unhappy I'm really what am I doing here what what, and what does make me happy and for me that was being by the coast so I moved to Cornwall in the southwest Mm -hmm. coast of the UK and being by the sea I was just oh it's gorgeous there being by the sea being by the beach being in the water I was so much happier um so I knew I wanted that and I knew other people's lives had changed that they and they wanted a taste of that and that to be their norm rather than just to be two weeks of the of the year in their holiday um so there's a longer version if you want the longer version or if you want to ask some follow-up on that one (laughs) well i think i had seen either like a blog post or something that you had written that or maybe an interview that you had done that where you talked about you got so tired of the commute itself you know and how much time was wasted and you know that really like there were so many factors that kind of you know played into you wanting to i mean you had a little bit of wanderlust in your in your yeah psyche anyway um, yeah, but that's it's one thing to go from London or go from Manchester to London to Cornwall. It's a whole other thing to move to Bali. So mm-hmm. what, to walk us through <laughs> that transition because I, I know we got a lot of listeners that are going. You know, I I, I want to work hybrid. I want to work remote, but man, I could never move to the other side of the planet here. You know. Yeah. So, I mean, so a- many people think that. So many people think, oh, it's easy for you. You could have done that. She's could. I've got a mortgage. I've got this. I've got that. You know, like I got a mortgage in London, and you just you, you know you rent out the uh, the property, or you you get you sell your stuff, you give it away, you do what you can because mm-hmm. I, I realized that whilst I was happy by the coast, the UK winter wasn't for me. I, I get full on like sad when I'm not in the sunshine. And yeah. a friend said to me that they moved to Bali because it was their happy place. And I had this full on like movie moment where I'm looking off into the distance going happy place. Where's my happy place? You're one week and... in Ibiza just doesn't get it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, you need two weeks in Ibiza. <laughs> so, 
so um so so I decided to come here and I figured okay I'm still working for the company so they're gonna call us back to the office at any point and this was back in like I think this was like March 2021 mm -hmm. I was like they're gonna call us back anytime so I'm gonna make the most of this like living from anywhere and I'm gonna go to Bali for two months and then as soon as they call us back I'll go back to London and um, so I I did I had an amazing time in Bali I worked um UK hours so I I, I think I worked like 12 till 8 p.m Bali yeah, time that worked perfectly that, fine yeah. it worked fine and and that's the thing like I had my whole mornings to go surfing, to go to the gym, to hang out with friends, have coffees. And I was just so happy. My life was bliss. Um, and I was still working full time and still getting a decent amount of work done. Mm -hmm. um, and then the night before my flight, um, so once the boss called and was like, okay, London's office is opening, you back need to in, come yeah. back. I felt sick. I felt absolutely sick. But I thought, you know, I'm, I'm in my 30s. This is just what you do when you grow up and get a real job. And you have to just get the tube every day. I'm That's what you do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've got a really adult. And then um, fate got in the way. And the night before my flight, I was having drinks with people at the guest house I was staying at. And my PCR results came back. The doctor texted me, as they do here. Mm -hmm. And I had COVID. I couldn't fly. Mm. And I was like, That's fate. So as my boss wouldn't let me work remotely, I'd asked him, I said, well, I quit. I'm staying here. I'll figure it out. And I didn't have any savings and have anything to go to. I just knew that I didn't want to go back and I felt sick of the thought of it. And I would do anything I could to, to stay in Bali. What a, what a great story. I, so <laughs> I, let's, let's put ourselves in the employer's position here just for a second. So let's say that I've got, you know, my staff in, in London, they've, you know, they've, they've moved, they've, you know, like you said, moved in with the parents, they've, they've made adjustments, but they're, they're coming back in the office. And I have one outlier who's a great employee, but doesn't want to come back. So how do I handle that as an employer, you know, with Michelle, I want Michelle to stay I, because I mean, she's a great recruiter, but you know, if I, I if I tell her, she doesn't have to come back in the office and I'm going to tell everybody they have to come back in the office. So how, how do they balance that? I, I would ask yourself, let them, let them all work remotely. Let them all come back in. I'd, I'd first ask the question, what's your reason for wanting people to come back in the office? That's what Great I would ask question. employers. And I, like, I, I, my opinion is it's either fear or ego. Um, mm. Ego because these big wig bosses want to see that they've worked hard to get this nice office so they can look at them through their glass glass um, office in the corner of the room. Um, I, I'm being a bit facetious here, but yeah. that's that's one of the reasons. The other one is is fear. It's fear that they don't have control over the people, fear that they won't work harder, yeah. fear that they don't they don't understand what's going on, or just the unknowing. Um, mm -hmm. So I think asking the question of why you need people in the office or want people in the office to start would be the best, best, best place. A, that is a great, what a great question. I. And I, I mean, I have a day job that I, I go to and I'm, I'm thinking, you know, that it, it's a hybrid. So we're half the time we're there, half the time we're working remotely. And I'm thinking, you know, the times that we're there, it, there's often like an adjustment period in the morning, like people come in and they a lot of chatter and it's yeah. like, it seems like that's a wasted time just yeah. getting settled into the job. Then it's like, like I, I wind down right before lunch and then I have lunch and then I wind back up <laughs> yeah. to work and then I'm winding down near the end of the day to think, you know, and I'm thinking how much of that time, it's not just to commute, but it's like, is there also wasted time within the work day itself? You know, that is, a, is just 100%, you know, so I mean, there's so many things to consider. I 100% I agree. And I, I do see the standpoint that some people just do not work better remotely. And that's completely yep. fine. I'm, I'm not for abolishing the office or saying there isn't right. a place for the office. Because some people yeah. need, yeah, some, some people need that. Like some people have 
terrible naughty children at home that they want to get away from and that's mm-hmm. fine they want to go to the office yeah. and like get a break from that and some people genuinely just work better in the office yeah. but I, I guess if you were looking to speak to your to, to your boss and say what is the purpose like what are you getting out of me being in the office those x amount of days a week and um, this is how I feel I will be more productive wouldn't you want me to be more productive and happier like yeah. it's a no-brainer yeah. And it's, it is a shift because I think, you know, based on the industrial revolution, I mean, that's how we came up with this work day anyways, like almost factory work. And the idea that says, you know, I'm actually paying you for your being for the time you're working versus for the output, you know, hmm. I mean, like, I, I don't care how long you work. I mean, you've got a job, get your job done, you know, do it, yeah. do it well, do it with excellence. But you know, if it takes you 30 hours a week or 50, I mean, that, what's that principle that says, you know, work expands to the time allotted, you know, the, the yep. whole idea that you, you gave me a 40 hour work week. So that's what I'm going to fill, you know, with my, 100%. With my job. So uh, that, that's, that, that is really a, a, it's really a bit of a quandary, but I, I want to talk about like you starting remote rebellion. I mean, you saw a need, obviously you saw people that, you know, you almost scratched your own itch, you know, that said, this is the this is what I needed. You know, this is what I needed to go through to to work remotely. But how what was the response of people when you first started talking to them? Was it, I mean, I'm sure it helped that you were in the recruiting space for, you know, 10 years. I mean, what a great selling point to start with. I mean, you're just not <laughs> starting cold, you know. So yeah. <laughs> you, know, you do have a you have a track record here, but what was the response when you first started talking to people and how in the world do you price a service like this? <laughs> It, really difficult and I've been I've still been going through that journey Um, I think the response um, that I got then and I, I guess I'm still getting now is people are a bit confused by the model because they've been so used to working with recruiters mm-hmm. who get a commission if they're external recruiters they get a commission right. and work on behalf of the companies so yeah. I think people are a little bit confused like well what do you mean I pay you like don't you get money from the companies I'm like no I purposely want to have a completely impartial mm-hmm. um, outlook at the the, the companies I'm sending them and, and the, the recommendations I'm giving because I don't want there to be something in it for me on that side I right. want to only right. have their best best interests at heart so initially I started doing one-to-one coaching so that was essentially just me and you on a call walking mm-hmm. walking you through certain uh, LinkedIn profile walking through your CV or something like that so I was charging on on kind of like what my hourly base was mm-hmm. um I, w- I was estimating yep. but now I wanted to help more people and do something at a lower price as well for the people that couldn't afford the one-to-one and now I created a group program um mm-hmm. so the group program is an online self-paced program that they can do and all the things I was teaching on those calls is there for them so that when we have those calls have those sessions we're not kind of wasting time on mm-hmm. things that could they could look at um in their own time and we really get to the nitty-gritty of specific questions yeah that that is i, I, mean, I love the idea and i i am Thank curious you. do you think that like is it is it unique to recruiters are they a little entrepreneurial anyway i mean do you think there's a little entrepreneurial genetics in recruiters Yes and no. I think in most recruiters and most good recruiters, there's a a big element of sales. You've got to, if you're a good recruiter, you're listening to what the person wants. You're listening to their problem um, points and you're matching them with an opportunity that that, that matches that if you're a good one. So I think with entrepreneurial spirit, you kind of need to have some sales element in that as well. So Mm -hmm. not necessarily, but that they're very closely linked. 
so you were not you never came to any point i mean yours was just like dissatisfaction with the like working conditions and the requirements of the job it wasn't that you know what i'm i'm unemployable so i've got to go work for myself <laughs> yeah exactly so. and and i think a lot of people that go and set up the business for, them, for themselves are not necessarily unemployable, but on paper, they look employable, unemployable. Like I've got mm. so many people that I'm like, that they're from ops to marketing to recruitment to this and and to, to someone who doesn't take the time or hasn't got the time to look and think, oh, they've got really important pieces that they can put together to one yep. great role. Yep. Instead, they're like, mm, does not fit this box, does not compute, yep. you know. Can't keep the job. And, yeah exactly job hopper like yeah. like floater like this and, and and it doesn't fit the rhetoric that makes it easy for them and that's not necessarily their fault they it's just finding the time where they can consider someone like that can be quite difficult yeah. um so I think for me I'd never like even now I find a bit find it a bit icky to call myself an entrepreneur because I've always said I'm not business savvy I'm not an entrepreneur I'm not I I, I, I this is not me and I told myself that story for so many times that only now in the last six months I'm like okay, maybe I've got a team. I, I've got a business. Maybe I am an entrepreneur now. <laughs> yeah. I woke up and I was one. That's right. Yeah. Quite so long, but I, I do think it's interesting. I mean, you're saying I, I have, I struggle calling myself an entrepreneur or whatever, but I'm thinking actually, you know, you are by definition because you, you found a problem and you solved it, you know, I mean, it, it and you, you're making money by solving that problem. I mean, by definition, you know, that's an <laughs> so okay. It's kind of well, hard we'll to hide. That. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when did, when exactly did you start remote, remote rebellion? Like what month? It was year? in July, 2021. So walk us through that first day. You, you, you <laughs> held, you hung up the shingle. You're sitting in a, at a workspace and in Bali, you're going now what? <laughs> Do you know, I, I almost think I blacked it out because it just seems like such a long time ago. I've forgotten how I actually started. I, I, I genuinely can't, like, it, it It spiraled. And the first client I got was actually um, someone working at the company that I left, yeah. um, which was which was, was quite ironic. And I've since had a few people from that company um, yeah. that, are, that have, have, have joined up as well. So I, I guess it was me putting out some content on LinkedIn and saying, this is what I'm doing now. And the people that were following me on LinkedIn were like, that's interesting. Can we have a chat? And mm -hmm. because they knew me already, they were like, they had that trust in me. They knew I was a good recruiter mm -hmm. and I'd help them hire for their teams as well. So they, they knew I knew my stuff. Yeah. Um, so I think that helps and getting that one client even if they were someone I knew gave me the confidence to be like I can do this and like I'm giving them knowledge that they didn't know before and it can be so easy if you're an expert in a field that you're like oh people just know this that's isn't that like common knowledge like don't people doesn't, doesn't everyone know this and then you realize and you speak to people oh no people don't know this like and I'm teaching them something and you get that confidence boost and the ego boost of like I know my stuff this is mm -hmm. this is this is this people are getting some value from this so and then it spiraled from there and I I never I've never done any paid advertising it's all just been organic people coming to me because they 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 like the story I tell or the, right. or, or, or my approach which is yeah. a massive compliment to me well, I mean, I, I'm I am living proof that it's working. So, I mean, the content that you're <laughs> generating on LinkedIn is uh, it, it even sucks in podcast podcast hosts. So, you know, it's it's got a broad appeal. But, uh, I I'm curious. So, you are are you helping people simply work remote jobs or find remote jobs, or are you actually targeting people that want to move away from their home country and almost be like a no you know this this digital nomad? 
you know, kind of slash remote worker uh, combination that you're, you're traveling, you're living away, living abroad, and you have a job. So what is that? Is that really your target audience? No, not really. Um, I set out and thought that that's what it was going to be and, and that I would help people to live the life that I've got, not necessarily just the life I've got, but if they want to go and move to Bali, they want right. that. But I've since realized the more people I've spoken to that is going back to my purpose. My purpose is, and the broader purpose is to give people the opportunity to live a life where they're free. They've got freedom, they're happy, and they've got less regrets. If that means the less regrets are that they get to stay at home in the UK and spend more time with their family and never never leave their home office because that's where they're happiest, then that's that's I've done I've done my job and that's the end purpose. Mm. Or if I've enabled someone or helped someone go and become a complete digital nomad and spend two months in a different city or different country every 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 time then that's also the same purpose. But to me, it doesn't matter if you want to stay in, in your in your house, if you want to go and travel the world. Mm, it's yeah. about having a job that gives you the freedom to do either of those if you want. Right. Yeah, that, and it's interesting because it's, I, I was at on another interview recently that we were talking about the word pivot, you know, that, that entrepreneurs use a lot. Like you started out with an idea with a strategy in place and, you know, something wasn't working. So you kind of shifted or the market shifted or something happened. I'm thinking you know, that we sometimes look at that as a negative word, you know, I had to pivot. Well, actually, mm -hmm. that's just adjusting to market condition. That's adjusting to what your market is telling you. And that's what you've done. You yeah. said, you know what, I thought it was something initially, but if I just listened to my audience, you know, I learned something about yeah. them and, and adjusted. So are you, yeah, um, true. are you like, when you, when you're helping someone with the job side of things, and let's, let's say that they are, you know, living abroad, they're moving abroad to, to take a remote role. Do you also help them adjust to that? Like, is there like that cross-cultural adjustment that, you know, learning to live in Bali versus Manchester, you know, whole <laughs> ship? because this is, it's different. I mean, it, it is different living abroad. It's different it is. moving and, and shifting and shifting to a different culture. And it's not just, you know, I'm working five hours later now, you know, during the day, it's, it is a complete shift of lifestyle so do you you kind of walk them through that as well no not yet um my focus is on the remote job and the lifestyle element like kind of comes later we touch upon it a little bit on, on those adjustments but the people that come to me have already made that decision that they they want to get a remote okay. job and their, their, their reasoning behind it right. is is varied but i've found about 90% of the of my clients actually are not from the country that they were born. Yeah. Uh, sorry, are not are not living in the country that they were born. So that they're already used to that kind of wow. living somewhere different, um, which I found the most interesting, actually. So um, I had one client who was from Mauritius and had been working in London for the past however many, 20 years, because that's where the work was. And he's like, I'm from an awesome country and I want to go back there, but there's no work there. Um, so like, so he wanted a way to go back to, to his roots. And I'm, I'm hearing that way more in the past mm -hmm. six months. People want to go back to their roots. They want to go back to where they, where, where they were born, where their family is for whatever reason. And I'm actually, you talked about the word pivot before. I, I focus on helping people to get a remote job that is fulfilling and that pays well. And I'm even thinking about pivoting because I listened to a podcast this morning that completely changed my mindset about does does your does your job have to be so fulfilling if if your life is so fulfilling and this is just a means mm. to an end and paying for that lifestyle yeah. does it need to be that so I'm questioning that even yeah. <laughs> literally yeah. as of yesterday <laughs> and, and it's interesting because it's a, it's a question I ask a lot to entrepreneurs I I said does it matter if you're passionate about what you're doing or not 
you know, hmm. I mean, when they choose a, a business to go into and half of them will say, absolutely, you have to have that, hmm. you know, that as the French would say that raison d'etre, that reason to get out of yeah. that, you know, um, but the, the other half would say, absolutely not. I'd sell t-shirts. I'll hmm. sell, you know, food will sell Amazon. Yeah, that's interesting. Marketing. It doesn't matter. That's it's not, that's hmm. not the point. That's a means to an end. You know, my job and my money is a means to an end. It's not the end in itself. And interesting. So it's a. It is a. Yeah, it's definitely a split. Split crowd. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. I mean, I definitely say what I do. It, it, it's a passion as well. It's it's mm -hmm. um it's a business, but I I am I get angry sometimes when we're having these conversations about people going back to the office. Like, so I'm really passionate about it, yeah. but I don't think you necessarily need to be, especially if you're working for someone else. Mm -hmm. You you shouldn't be passionate. You shouldn't necessarily need to be passionate about someone else's passion. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, I've never met a passionate accountant. I just haven't. I mean, <laughs> no. So, I mean, it's, yeah, I, they can love spreadsheets and they can love balancing books, but I, you know, passion is a whole different, different level. Yeah. But <laughs> I am, I am curious. So what do you, in your observation, what are some, like, if, if you're just sitting out there listening to this podcast, you're going, man, I, I've got to do something. So what are some industries that are really hot right now? What are some skill sets that are are really marketable you know for from in the recruiting space for, for people in it's a too broad a question if i'm if i'm honest like and a lot of people do ask me that like what's a good remote um remote job to get what like skill sets focusing on your digital skills will be the first and, and foremost mm -hmm. thing to do so focusing on using tools like loom and teller um, and Slack and tools that remote first companies will be using will be a really good first port of call. Get used to using a Mac, a Windows, a Zoom, and really understand all of these tools that you're likely to be using if working remote. When it comes to specific courses or skill sets, I would wait until you actually figure out what you want to do. People think like, mm -hmm. what should I, what should I do? What should I do this? Yep. And one of the, one of the things that we do before we move into anything such as improving a resume or CV is really doing a deep dive, a deep analysis into what people want, mm. what they like, what they enjoy, yeah. what they're good at, what their strengths are, and putting all that together to, to form a role. And I've had I've had clients who had never worked um, from a laptop before. She, uh, one client was a dance choreographer on cruise ships for 20 years. So mm. she was in her 40s and like, what can I do? Who's going to hire me? I don't have any yeah. of these digital skills. And once we dug really deep and said, well, okay, what, what do you like? She was really good with people. She loved really getting to the bottom of problems. She mm -hmm. loved like organizing. And she didn't even know certain roles existed, like a people ops role, for example. Mm. So, and she ended up doing that remotely. So, and people will hire you with no experience if you can find a way to articulate what your natural abilities and skills, mm. even if you don't have the experience, yeah. how they can translate into that role. That's a, that's a great, great word. It, it, absolutely. And, and uh, I mean, there's so many people out there that are like, you know, I'm, I want to hire for character. And and I can train for skill. Yeah, know, exactly. So, Attitudes. Yeah, it's a it it is an interesting the the uh, idea of I guess we take things for granted. You know, those of us who are you know, like you and I that are on, you know, we're we're on these these software programs. You know, every day. You know, we work in these in these spaces. We work mm -hmm. on Zoom. We work on Slack. We work on Teams. We work on all the you know. I can do Mac. I can do PC. But that that's not everyone. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that that have not had that that type of exposure that yeah. makes it makes it really good sense to to kind of focus on soft skills. What else would you recommend people do? Research, research into if they're not doing a role. It depends. There's two types of people. There's people that are doing a role 
but not remotely. So they might be a product manager or a designer and they're doing that in an office, but they want to be remote. So right. that kind of person is different to the person who's just like, my current job isn't possible remote, but I want to do a remote role. Mm. Um, and I think actually researching the kinds of roles that you can do and figuring out what you want is a really good like first port of call. Um, yeah. Because if you're doing a role already and you can just do that remote, that one's slightly easier. You can pivot right. that pretty easily. Right, right. And that and it's an easy, easy transition for a recruiter, you know, and, and for a company that's looking to say, you know, hey, you actually have the skills we're looking for, you know, type. Yeah. Thing, so, or, or close enough. I think people really struggle with that. This is the, the one of the top things that people struggle with. One is actually finding remote job opportunities mm -hmm. because the um the supply is 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 declining slightly and the demand is going up. So there's a lot of competition for yeah. them. Um, the second one is actually articulating their value to these employers. Mm. Um, a lot of people when they get to interviews, they're fine and they're, they're comfortable with that. But actually getting it on paper in two pages, yeah. why? And you know the average recruiter spends six seconds scanning a CV. Mm -hmm. scanning mm -hmm. a resume so if they don't capture that attention in six seconds you're, you're yeah. next you're on to the next one so that's the bit people really struggle with that is that is so true i mean there's got to be some differentiator there's something that moves you from that stack of 100 to, to the stack of eight you know yeah that, that catches their eye and it's, it's like a like a video i mean if, if we're not interested in the first five seconds we're probably going to turn it off you know yeah. things so it's it's interesting so if i don't know if you want to want to share this or not that's that's completely up to you but give us a, give me an idea for our audience like what what kind of range are we talking about cost wise to to be in a group similar to what you've launched that you know it's like a, on a monthly basis and what is what's been your track record of you know of those that have joined this group yeah so it's in terms of the, do you mean the numbers in terms of people going through it or the costs no so first like like Give me a ballpark range of what it would cost per month to be in a group like this and then also like say you know we we've had a great track where we, we place 80 percent of the people that are in this program they they get jobs mm -hmm. type thing it might be still a little early for you to have those kind of metrics but i mean you probably have yeah. a pretty good idea of what you're, where you're headed anyway so Yes. Um. Just to do a correction there on placing, we don't place anyone in jobs. Like we're not recruiters. Um. Right. We help people to 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 get a job. We don't actually place them in it. Um. Okay. And there's a certain amount of work yep. that needs to be done yeah, on the that. on the job seekers. But no, it's fine. I just wanted to make that clarification. Yeah. It's fine. Successfully found jobs. We'll put it that way. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Um. So it starts from two hundred USD a month. Um. So it's a twelve week program. And I keep it to 12 weeks because sometimes if you do that longer, people kind of duck out. They're like, oh, I'll get to that later. Mm -hmm. So yeah. the 12-week program is designed for people who are working full-time as well. So if you're not working full-time, you can get through that in theory in two weeks. But there's 12 weeks that give you enough time to be able to factor this in around your, your life as well. So and it starts from 200. directed right? So it's it's the, self, the course self, itself. Self-paced, yeah. okay. Exactly. But there's free, there's free elements so that you can either just do the self-paced course and have all the resources. So there's 750 remote first companies. There's a hundred specialist job boards. There's a whole bunch of action guides and um, templates that you can send and step-by-step -step videos with me actually sh screen sharing. So if you want to do the self-paced and, and just that without the calls, um, it's around about 200 a week, or you can do it in, in one lump, which is 500 um, for the 12 week program. Okay. And then if you want to add the community element, 
element to that and you want to have so slack is a is a tool that we're using in which i my, my team will add two to five remote jobs every week handpicked for those particular individuals so if you tell me i want to i want to um project manager role that's um remote from the us or work from anywhere we'll send those in the group and there's also a really great community element of that so people are helping each other with resources other, or they're yeah. encouraging each other or like having a having a bit of a moan if they've had a bad day or a bad week and it's the and, and the calls go with that as well so every single week for 12 weeks there's a group call in which you can jump on and I had one yesterday and it was just so nice to hear like I, I kind of stepped back a little bit and people were just giving each other support mm-hmm. and saying you're doing great we've seen a real yep. increase in your confidence since this and mm-hmm. that really adds to it and people get get their questions answered in that so that one is a one-off fee of uh, 1500 or two mm-hmm. payments of 800 And then there's the one-to-one. So if you want more tailored um, one-to-one sessions with myself, and actually we go through things together, we apply for jobs together, we do mock interviews, we we actually tailor your LinkedIn profile according to the industry you're looking Mm -hmm. for. And then that one um, is everything with the group and then the one-to-one. And that one's 2,900. Okay. All right. So what is what are you seeing like a in a fairly short period of time? What what kind of track work are you seeing? Are you seeing that like people in, within the twelve weeks they're getting hired, or that they're just being you know prepped during that twelve weeks, and you'll, you know three months later they actually get hired? So what's what's kind of been the track record? It's it's been varied. I don't I purposely don't keep specific metrics, and the reason for that is the the goal of the remote job academy isn't just to get any remote job. It's to get a fulfilling job in an industry that you're you're yeah. you're really interested in. Your values match, and a lot of people in the program are already in a role, so they they want to wait for that mm-hmm. perfect right. or ideal, should I say, yeah. not perfect role. Great point. So yeah. some yeah, so some people have um got a first job that they applied to within two weeks that um that happened to two of the people in the program some people took three weeks some people took four some people took six months because they wanted to hold out for that right role so I specifically don't keep the metrics because I find they're quite the vanity metrics and I don't and it wouldn't necessarily look good on paper if I said this person took eight months to get a job but they don't know the backstory because this is an individual this is not a number this is a person Mm -hmm. who is working 40 hours 50 hours a week they've got kids and they want to hold out for that right role Mm -hmm. And then I've got some people who didn't get a remote job after the second session we had. Um, he's like, I'm not going to continue with the program. I was like, is everything okay? He's like, well, after our first call, I realized I, um, I'm not doing what I want to do and I want to retrain as a pilot. And I'm like, great, this is awesome. So that, won. That's, that, right. yeah, you, that, that's the purpose of making mm-hmm. sure someone's doing what they're happy. So yeah, that's the reason why I don't keep these stats. So I want, I want, if you're not, if you're listening to this on a podcast, I want you to get on YouTube and watch this episode. And it's, it's probably about around 31, 32 minutes. Michelle goes full mama bear mode, you know, on when she starts talking about her community, it was great. I mean, it was like, I didn't even realize I did that. (laughs) She is, she's like, this is, these are my people. They are not. They're my babies. true <laughs> oh, i'm glad it. that came across because i do i like i'm i'm I, I put so much i'm probably too much sometimes into every individual i go above and beyond to make sure that they're getting what they they want and i just i, I want to make sure that they're they're going for what makes them happy yeah what i mean it, it is it is a, a thousand percent apparent and yeah I, I, I encourage you got to watch youtube but Man, we have uh, we've t- we've kind of talked about so many different things, but as as we wrap up today, is there anything you would just like to kind of close us out with that 
you know, has been a thought kind of rattle around in your mind as, as we've been chatting. And then tell people, remind people again where the best place to find you online. Sure. Um, I think that one of the last things I would say is for anyone who is unhappy in their job and thinks that they can't ask for more because of the pandemic and because of the layoffs and because they feel like they're not worthy enough. If something is making you unhappy, do something about it. That might not be that you want a remote job. That might be you want more flexibility or flexible hour, whatever it is, like choose your happiness. And, and, and it's not just a selfish thing because your happiness is going to affect the people you love around you as well. So it might sound a bit wishy-washy, but it really it makes a massive difference. So yeah. think of it as a selfless thing. Think of it as making yourself, your other people around you happy, right? If you don't feel like you want to make yourself happy, which you should. Mm. Um, and people can find me at remoterebellion.com. They can find me on LinkedIn, Michelle Coulson or Remote Rebellion. And also on Instagram, Shell is Remote. Follow her on LinkedIn, especially because uh, I think that's one that's the, the deeper content that it that you'll find there. And it, it really is. It's great stuff. It is it, Thank I mean, you. in a in a sea of noise out there. It was something that, that attracted my eye that said, you know, <laughs> she's really posting things that are that are interesting to, to read and are. I can see that you're trying to add value. You're not trying to just thank sell you. something online. So. Michelle, thank oh. you again for taking time today. And, and it's been a pleasure to, to e-meet you over, over <laughs> Zoom. And thanks again for just playing your part and helping all boats rise in a rising tide. Michelle, have a great week. Thank you. We hope you heard some great takeaways. Make sure you follow up with our guests today and show them the support they deserve. As always, thank you for listening and playing your part in helping all boats rise in a rising tide.